0: In my early 20s, I was hired by a company that installed solar pool heaters, but I quit after only a few weeks because they repeatedly sent me out in the company truck to do installations without first ensuring that it was stocked with the parts, tools, and supplies I would need for the job. I'd show up at the homeowner's property as an authorized representative of the company but without the resources to fulfill anyone's expectations. It was embarrassing for me, disappointing for the client, and shameful for our firm. So it shouldn't be a surprise when I tell you the business went bankrupt soon after I resigned. But I think that episode in my employment history may help us better understand something very important Jesus taught his disciples in John 14, 12 through 14. He just validated the importance of displays of his miraculous power as pathways to faith by inviting Philip to a belief based on his works. Then he used that invitation as a bridge to introduce another of the truths he wanted to equip his disciples with as he prepared them for the aftermath of his cross and resurrection. He told them their faith would enable him to dispense miracles through them. In fact, he said they would be vessels for even greater works than they'd seen him perform precisely because he would be ascending to the Father. And although his reference to greater works was surely not about magnitude, they'd seen him raise Lazarus from the dead, for goodness sake. It was about quantity, He was describing the multiplying impact that would result when his physical presence was no longer a limiting factor and he could, from the platform of his heavenly glory, pour out his power through all his followers. And if that statement wasn't mind-blowing enough, he followed it with a real zinger. Jesus told them that he would do anything they asked in his name and that his father would be honored as a result. Did he really mean that? I think it's clear he did, but I also think it's clear that we need to be careful not to misinterpret what he said. He wasn't giving his followers a blank check to receive whatever they desire if they just remember to close their prayers with a certain phrase. He was being very specific about two things that were prerequisites for the fulfillment of his anything promise. First, praying in Jesus' name does not mean using that phrase as a kind of spiritual incantation to unlock God's favor. It means that our requests flow out of and are in sync with our assignment to serve as his representatives. Unlike my former employer, when we're acting as his agents or in his name, we are never under-resourced. He has promised to provide all that's needed. Second, Jesus said the kind of request that unleashes His miraculous response is the kind that's focused on glorifying the Father. Whenever we approach God in prayer, it's wise to consider the motives behind what we ask of Him. It's important to honestly confront any selfishness and align our motives to reflect honorably on Him. Are these just caveats that let God off the hook or provide him an excuse when we don't experience the miracles we ask for? Absolutely not. The Lord of glory prefaced his promise with the phrase, most assuredly I say to you. And that's an expression that means nothing is more true than this. He went on the record with a pledge we can absolutely count on. And that means you can trust Him to do anything you ask in His name.